welcome back. We're going to continue our series entitled Carols. Today we're going to talk about the, um, the Christmas carol, Away in a Manger. You remember that song? Away in a manger. Remember that? If you don't start saying, shaking your head, I'm going to keep singing. Thank you. Phew. All right. But you remember there's a part in, in that song where it talks about and it says it several times, the little Lord Jesus. You remember that? The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The little Lord Jesus. Great song, right? I mean, just a precious song. But sometimes we get confused when we sing songs like that and we start getting the mindset of the little Lord Jesus. Amen. If you just stay focused on that song, that's the only song you ever know, then you might start just seeing Jesus as the little Lord Jesus. So that's the part of the, the song that I want to I pull out this morning. I want to talk a little bit about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Did you know that the Jesus is Lord is, is, is written 740 times in the New Testament? 740 times the Bible says the Lord Jesus isn't that awesome? Doesn't that say it might be important? I'm sorry, but if somebody says something 740 times, you might need to start paying attention. Right? 740 times in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the Lord. So let's look at, the, at a classic Christmas verse from Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 10. This is part of the Christmas story. And it says this, starting at verse 10, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that, you, that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Wow. A Savior who is Christ the Lord is born unto you today. Christ the Lord. Now, I used to be a children's pastor. Years ago, they, they let me pastor the kids back when I was really rough. <laughs> Should have known me back then. But one of the things I always did with the kids, and here's a little side note, my, my children's church was 99% boys. I'm proud of that. Some of the boys are teenagers now going in. Actually, some of them are getting into college. And, and they still, when they see me, they want to make sure they shake my hand right. Because we had this saying, don't come into church with a dead fish. Don't hand me a dead fish. I mean, if I didn't preach the gospel, I at least taught them how to shake hands. I'm proud of that. But when we would talk about angels, I never once talked about an angel being a sweet little girl with, with wings on her back and a little halo. Because that's not what angels are. Right? I described them exactly how the Bible says that they are. So I built these angels up to these guys like, man, these angels, they're bigger than me. Man, these, when Michael shows up, it's like, boom! Because the Bible says when the shepherds were there and the angels showed up, they were afraid. I'm not afraid of a little girl in a cute costume. Amen? I don't know, I don't know how that has to do with but anyway, I felt awkward all of a sudden. Some of you were looking at me weird. 
But the Bible says 740 times that Jesus is Lord. He's not little Lord Jesus. He's not still in the manger. Amen. He's not still wrapped up in swaddling clothes. The Bible says that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father running the church. Here's a cool thing. Jesus was Lord before he was born. He didn't become Lord Jesus the day he was born. He was already Lord before he was born. Are you hearing me? Jesus was Lord long before you were born. And Jesus is still Lord today. Amen? We think that he became Lord whenever he was born, but that's not true. He was Lord even before he was born. In fact, Jesus has been Lord from the beginning. Who makes Jesus Lord? The Father does. Amen? So Jesus is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. That's for your personal life. Jesus is, he is, easy, he is either the Lord of all in your life, or he's not Lord at all in your life. You might say, well, what does that mean today, Pastor? What does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? I understand what the Bible says. I understand what you're getting red in the face about. But uh, what does that really mean for us today? I'm glad you asked those kinds of questions. It means that Jesus is Lord over your life. Jesus is Lord over all creation. Jesus is Lord over every situation. Jesus is Lord over every relationship. If you'll trust him and let him be Lord in your life, you'll see and know his power. Amen? One of the guys that was filled with the Holy Spirit I'm going to share this story. I hope he don't mind, but he's not in here, so I'm going to say it anyway. But he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit Sunday and Tuesday afternoon. I called him, and I said, I said, how's it going? And sure enough, the devil was trying to steal it from him and all this. And so I encouraged him and challenged him to keep going. And so the next morning, he texts me at like 7 o'clock. He says, you up? I said, well, yeah. So I called him. I said, what's up? He says, Pastor, man, you got to pray for me, man. I just, I just lost something that's very valuable, and it helped me to have self-confidence. And it was something, it was a part of his body that he had to buy to make him some teeth that he had to buy to get his smile back. And that's all he ever wanted was his smile back. And he lost them. Him and his wife were shopping, and he lost his bridge. It was a bridge that he had made, and it cost him a lot of money, a lot of money. And he's freaking out. He's like, Lord, Pastor, please, please, man, just pray for me because I, I, I don't have the money to go buy it again. And I said, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity for God to show up. This is the perfect situation for you to trust God and to see his power in your life. So I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray in tongues. And I want you to ask God for wisdom. And I want you to trust that he's going to bring it back to you. And if it doesn't happen today, I want you to wait on the Lord. In other words, I don't want you to freak out and give up. 
okay, okay. So I prayed with him, and we prayed for his, his bridge. We called it back in the name of Jesus and all that. And So I, I hung up the phone, went on about my day. The next morning, he calls me up. He goes, man of God, they found it. It was at Walmart. Well, he, went to, he figured he lost it at Walmart, so he went back to Walmart and said, look, I lost the bridge. And somebody actually picked it up. Oh, but that's thousands of dollars. You see, the crazy thing is, is that Jesus was Lord over his bridge because somebody had to understand the value of that bridge. Me, I didn't understand the value of a bridge. I never bought one before. If I was the janitor, if I was the person cleaning up, that thing would have just went on there with the broom. We'd say, okay, let's go. I'm serious. It had to be somebody that understood the power of it or, or the, the value of it and actually had the gall to pick it up and turn it into the lost and found. That's Jesus being Lord over his life. What an incredible story. Man, listen, God shows up in some of the craziest ways. Amen? Sometimes we think, oh, it's too silly to pray for my teeth. Really? I think it's silly not to pray for your teeth and go cough up another couple thousand dollars to get a new one. Listen, I know people that when their, their washing machine breaks down, they lay hands on the thing. They'll kick back in for a little while, and then they got to lay hands again. My point I'm trying to make is that there's nothing too crazy for Jesus to be Lord over. So don't let the devil tell you that you, no, you can't believe for that. He can't show up for that. That's not important to him. That's a lie. That's a lie. The one thing I've learned over the last several years about Jesus is that he is in the details of my life. And he is in the simple things of my life. He's in my relationships. He's in, he's in whether or not I, I get my honeydew list done on the right time or not. Come on, that's, that's a hope and a promise for all you men. Jesus is Lord over your honeydew list. And your wife said, amen. Jesus is Lord, but I'm ruling and reigning. It better get done. You see, I believe as a church, we have to make our mind up about Jesus. Because he's already made his mind up about us. Right? He's not sitting on the throne next to God wondering about us. Wondering if, if he loves us, wondering if he wants to do good to us. He made his mind up a long time ago. He settled it in the fact that he loves you and he only has good for you. When bad things happen, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you anymore. It just means that's a great opportunity for him to show up. You know, if something, never, if something bad or something catastrophic never happened to you, you would never get an opportunity to know Jesus in that area. If you were never broke, you would never know that Jesus is Lord over your finances. If your car never broke down, you would never know that he could fix your car. Are you hearing me? When your company's threatening to fire you, if you've never gone through that, you'll, you'll never know that Jesus is Lord over your company. Right? I think most of the time we mess up and we, we run or we fix it ourselves. Right? We try to do things and fix them ourselves because we don't want to wait on the Lord. Right? Why? 
because he don't move fast enough. That's for me. He don't move fast enough. I mean, I'm, I, when I read the Bible, in my mind, I'm seeing, okay, when I walk up to the mountain, I see that the mountain's going to be a problem. I say, mountain, move. I don't expect to quit walking. You with me? I expect to keep on walking, and the mountain's going to be gone by the time I get there. But sometimes God says, no, I'm going to leave it there for a second. Are you hearing me? He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. You got to realize something that you don't make Jesus Lord. God made Jesus Lord. Are you hearing me? You surrender your life and let him be the Lord in your life is what you do when you make a decision to follow him and to trust him. Amen. And to obey him. Number one, the, uh, in our list, the, the, it says that the partial surrendered life. I want to look at two different two different types of lives. The, number one is the partially surrendered life. I'm afraid to say it, but I believe this is where a lot of us are. We're partially surrendered. I think if you were honest with yourself, you'd probably say amen. Partially surrendered. We believe in God, but we don't, we don't live as though he exists. Right? We come to church, we sing songs, we, we clap our hands, we say hallelujah, bless you brother, love you, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine, everything's good, praise God. But then when we get out of the church, we don't live as though he exists. How many of you know believers right now that are freaking out because of the president? Isn't it sad? Isn't it sad? The world's coming to an end because of the president. I'm sorry, but the president doesn't have that much power. Only God knows when the world's going to end. Jesus doesn't even know. Are you hearing me? It doesn't matter who the president is. Jesus is still Lord. But some of us live a partially surrendered life. We'll let God or we'll let Jesus be Lord in certain areas of our life. But then there's those areas that we go, no, 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 no. Not here. This is mine. (laughs) You see, you might be older, but it doesn't mean that you don't act like a kid anymore. You know, there's kids in children's church right now and they're fighting over a toy and one's going, mine. Mine. You know, as believers, we say the same thing to Jesus. He might want to take your controllingness away. Mine. You might be one of these list making people that you make a list for everything. And he might want to help you out with that. And you're going, no, it's mine. You might have an issue with eating. And you might at times sit down and and, and say, Lord, I need you to take this. Please. And And you get up and the next morning you go, okay, I'm eating good. Praise God, Lord, I need help. And you go and you pass by McDonald's. For some of you, McDonald's might not be the thing. I mean, that's the only thing that's open when I'm up. And so, or the Waffle House maybe, but that's. 
But you go on and you... I can do it, Lord. I'll do it. So you come up with a plan, right? You want to know how many plans I've made to lose weight and to get in shape? I've even tried saying in front of the whole church, I'm losing so many pounds this year. Didn't work. None of you held me accountable. You know how many plans I've made? Saying, Lord, just bless my plan. Lord, I'm I'm just going to eat chicken. Bless it, Lord. See, that's where the trick comes in, because then you go, Lord, I said chicken. Popeye's chicken. Raising Cane's chicken. Lord, I'll get the three-piece instead of the four. You're still Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The partially surrendered life. Luke 6, 46. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Let me give you a verse from Matthew chapter 7. This is not in your notes. Matthew chapter 7. I want you to see something. Verse 21, the Bible says that, that not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. It's not what you say that makes him Lord. It's not what you say that surrenders your life to his. It's not what you say. It's what you do that proves that he's Lord of your life. Are you hearing me? It has nothing to do with your spiritual gifts because those of you that are spiritual, you hide behind your gifts. And you think, well, if I use my spiritual gift, then that means that Jesus is Lord. Let me read a little bit further. On Judgment Day, verse 22, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Jesus isn't Lord according to your spiritual gift. And just because you walk or, or, or operate in a spiritual gift does not mean that you're totally surrendered to Jesus and that he is the Lord of your life. Are you hearing me? What did Jesus say in that verse? He said, those that do the will of my father see me as Lord. Or, or I'll say it this way. I am the Lord of those who do the will of my Father. Come on. So the question is, is, are you doing the will of the Father? Okay, look at me. You're getting distracted. Are you doing the will of the Father? That's the question. Do you want to know if Jesus is Lord of your life? Are you doing the will of the Father? Are you going through times of having to crucify your flesh? That's another good indicator. If you're never upsetting your flesh, then chances are Jesus has never been Lord of your life. Come on. When was the last time the Holy Spirit corrected you on something? When was the last time you sat down and said, Lord, examine my heart? 
<laughs> Some of us don't do that because we don't want to know what's in there. Right? Man, we got to get a hold of this. Because we all want to know Christ, don't we? Show me your hands if you want to know Jesus. We want to get to know Jesus better, don't we? Some of us, I believe everybody in this room knows Jesus at a certain point. But to know Christ is to do his will. To do his will, you got to listen to what he's saying. To listen to what he's saying, you need to be led by the Spirit. Are you following me? And to prove that he is the Lord of your life, you need to do what you hear. No matter what your flesh says. Come on. Are you living a a partially surrendered life? I got a verse for you from the partially surrendered version of the Bible. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 from the partially surrendered version. Sounds like this. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. And lean on your own understanding. In some of your ways, acknowledge him. And you can make your own path straight. That's from the partially surrendered version. Is that the version you've been reading? Is that the version you're living? Mm. It's pretty simple. If you think about it, right? You listen to what Jesus says. And you do what he says. Pretty simple. I didn't say it was easy. Right? Because Paul talks in Romans all about this battle between the flesh and the spirit. Spirit wants you to do one thing. The flesh wants you to do another. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, you're going to do what the spirit says and not what the flesh says. Amen? Amen? The second life we see is the fully surrendered life. It's not a Sunday come to church kind of life. And that's your only time with Jesus. A fully surrendered life is a life that pursues a relationship with Jesus on its own. In other words, Pastor Jamie ain't behind a buffet table serving you up something every Sunday. Are you hearing me? If I'm the only Jesus you ever see during the week, you're in trouble. Trouble. Remember that song, Trouble? What your week's going to look like if I'm the only Jesus you see. A fully surrendered life pursues Christ on its own. Nobody has to wind you up. Nobody has has to push you or charge you or spur you along. You're the type of person that if you have a fully surrendered life, you're pursuing Christ. You have an ambition to get up in the morning and say, Jesus, what do you have for me today? Chances are he's not going to tell you to quit your job. Chances are he's not going to tell you to do something stupid. Chances are he's going to tell you to do something in the realm that you live in. Are you hearing me? He's going to say, I want you when you get to work to talk to so-and-so, and and here's the message I want you to deliver to her. Or when you stop at the Circle K to get your coffee, 
there's going to be a guy that gets in the line right behind you. I want you to pay for his coffee because he's got money issues with the church. Are you hearing me? Chances are he's not going to say, I want you to jump in your car, drive to Philadelphia. There's a person standing on the corner with a pink hat. Right? He's going to tell you to do something in the realm that you live in. So what does, what does that mean? That means that you need, to have an, you need to have a plan. You need to have an ambitious plan to hear from Jesus. What do you have for me today so I can go forward, so I can do your will? Are you asking him to do his will? Are you asking him, what is your will for my life today? Because if you're not doing that, then he's not Lord of your life. I believe we all want to have a fully surrendered life. Amen? I believe we all want to experience Jesus like we've never experienced him before. Right? You know, in 1 John, it talks about how, how Jesus gave us the right to know God. And so I looked that up in the Greek, and I did a big study on it. And you know what that means? That means that Jesus gave us the right to have intimate, experiential knowledge of God. You can't have intimate, experiential knowledge of God. A church is the only place you meet with Jesus. Come on. You can't have those experiences if you never sit down and have a relationship with Jesus. If you're never led by the Spirit. This is either real good or real bad. Romans 14, 7, 8 says, For we do not live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Let me bring you back to the day you gave your life to Jesus. The day you gave your life to Jesus, you surrendered all your rights to your life. I don't know if you remember that, but you may need to go back there today. For some of you, you've been trying to fix your marriage, and it's not working. Some of you are trying to fix your own emotions, and it's not working. Some of you have tried everything possibly known to man to fix something in your life, and it's not working. Can I tell you, let Jesus be the Lord in that situation. Surrender your life to him. Surrender your marriage to him. Surrender your emotions to him. Let go of those things. You know how people that are addicted to drugs just automatically get set free when they meet Jesus? is because they surrender it. Are you hearing me? They surrender it. They give up their rights to it. You don't have to go to a treatment program to be delivered from drugs. You don't have to go to a marriage conference to have a great marriage. Come on. You know, as a church, we try to do all these things to help fix the things in your life, and we get exhausted. When it all boils down to us individually saying, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life, and I have this area right here that I've been holding on to, and I'm tired, and I'm worn down. For some of you, it may be just getting brutally honest. Lord, I'm, I'm a control freak. I'm a time freak. I'm a, I'm a neat freak. I'm, I'm something. And I'm struggling with this. Can you take this from me? I give it to you. Are you hearing me? 
Lord, my marriage is struggling. My kids, my relationship with my kids are struggling. I give it to you. Are you fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? How much did your wedding ring cost your wife, men? How much did it cost her? Well, you need to pay attention. Your wedding ring didn't cost your wife anything, did it? Nope. Now, if your wife financed her own wedding ring, we may need to talk. It didn't cost her anything. You paid for it, right? You worked overtime. You did all the things you had to do. You sacrificed not going on that fishing trip or that hunting trip. Some of you think that's such a great sacrifice. To buy her a ring, and it didn't cost her anything. But when you, when you went through the whole ceremony and, and you made your vows and you gave your lives to each other, the ring didn't cost her anything, but it did cost her her life. Because before you gave her the ring, she belonged to herself, Right? After you gave her the ring and you went through the ceremony and you gave your lives to one another, now she belongs to you. And you belong to her. The Bible says the two become one. When you surrender your life to Jesus, though it didn't cost you anything, it cost him everything, it does cost you your life. Come on. Because now you belong to him. And he belongs to you. It's a marriage. Are you hearing me? There's a big difference between saying it and doing it. And Jesus isn't into lip service. He's into life service. What Jesus says in scriptures is just shut up. Stop trying to honor me with your lips and your heart is far from me. Honor me with your heart, not your lips. I used to work with some, some, uh, some younger, some younger Afri- African-American guys and they always had talking trash and I like to talk trash like that. I come from a city and, and that we talked a lot of trash like that. And one of them, would, you know, we were talking about who was better at this and who was better at that. And I was good at talking trash. I'm a good trash talker. And one of them said, brah, don't sing it, bring it. So he told me, don't sing it, bring it. In other words, shut up and show me. I hear Jesus saying that to me. Don't sing it, bring it. Don't honor me with your lips. Honor me with your heart. Amen? If you want to know Jesus, if you want to know the power that Jesus possesses, if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord, then you have to surrender your life. Amen? Can you stand up with me this morning? I truly believe that all of us need to repent today. I can't say that 
any one of you is fully surrendered. That's just me. I can't say that. When I studied this, it was like, man, he just showed me areas that I'd either taken back control. I didn't agree with the way Jesus was doing it, and I took it back. I pride myself in the fact that at work that I can schedule, I can plan, and, and, and baby, I can get some stuff done. I pride myself in that. But I've learned that Jesus is way better at that than I am. I'm learning how to not control it myself and let the Spirit lead me. That's the practical side to all this. But I, I had to surrender that area of my life. I'm a control freak. If it don't go my way, I get frustrated. If you're leading something and I don't like the way you're leading it, I'll full on step on your head and take your job. That's not fully surrendered. Amen? I have to surrender that. And it's not just a one-time thing where you just surrender and you think, oh, well, I'm all good. It's actually a daily thing. It's a thing that you daily have to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. That's why some people encourage you to get up in the morning and read your Bible in the morning because you start your day out surrendered. When your stomach's growling and your eyes won't open because you hadn't had your coffee yet, but you're like, I can't pray till I get my coffee. Because he wants us to surrender. He wants to be the priority. Are you hearing me? It's a daily thing. That's why you have to be in relationship with Jesus. That's why it's like a marriage. You can't just turn Jesus on and turn him off when you want to. Amen? He's promised that he's always going to be with us. Why can't we turn around and always be with him? I'm going to pray for you, and then, then I'm, well, we can leave after that. And if you need prayer for anything, I'll be here to pray for you afterwards. But I want you to examine your heart right now. I just want to take this moment. I just say, God, just examine my heart. Show me the unclean areas. Show me the, the unsurrendered areas of my heart, Lord. Show me the dark places. Father, right now, I just pray by your Holy Spirit that you would begin to show us the areas that are unsurrendered. Show us the dark places of our heart. Show us what we're not letting go of, Lord. Show us what we don't trust you in. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for taking control back trying to be our own Lord of our own life. Forgive us for giving you lip service and not life service. Lord, I believe we all want to be totally surrendered. Help us, Lord, to daily walk surrendered to you.
being led by your spirit. Hearing your voice and walking in an intimate relationship with you, Lord. Lord, I pray as a church we'd begin to have intimate experiential knowledge of you. And Lord, we would walk through those intimate experiences of life with you, Lord. Give us the courage to stand when things stand against us. And we know that you're Lord over those things. Help us to stand and wait on you. To stand and trust you. To not run, to not look for answers in other places, Lord. For those of, those of you here that are, that are, that are they're struggling with pain, Lord, I just pray that instead of running to the medication first, Lord, we'll run to you. Instead of running to man's answers for things, Lord, we'll begin to run to you. And Lord, as a church, we'll begin to see you be Lord of our lives, Lord of the circumstances, Lord of the world, Lord of the universe, Lord of all creation. Lord, thank you that you show up in the craziest places of our lives. Help us to see that, Lord. Thank you for being so faithful. In Jesus' name. In the Lord Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great week. We love you. If you need prayer for anything or you need to talk,